This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Smith courts one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. I pop off. The Clover's there. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the newest edition of Bowties and Bullshit, our little... Two Birds on a Bat spinoff brought to you from the Patio Studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinals baseball, and as always by our good friends at the Innovated Companies. Uh, special thanks as always to Randy Green, his wonderful daughter Stephanie as they run a top-notch outfit over there that takes care of you, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial. Uh, the construction team's been rolling for uh, a long time. They sp- also specialize in heating and cooling, which right now there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so you can give them a, a call. Just check them out at InnovativeCompanies.com and, of course, the electrical team for anything you need as well. But, um, you know, they care, guys. So if you're having heating issues, give them a call um, right now especially. They, you know, they're, they're there to help, especially if you're in a bind. So InnovativeCompanies.com. Well, um, you know, we've been off uh, the show here. We haven't done one in a couple of weeks, just a variety of things going on and um, looking to, to get back rolling here. So. Uh, interesting enough, as we as I get different perspectives from guys that have different thoughts based on everything from analytics to eye tests to uh, comparables to what's out there, you know, the one thing I was thinking about, and I, I wish we would have had the show last week because it seems like, you know, it isn't like I have this unbelievably intelligent mind and I think so far ahead of everybody, but, you know, something I've thought of during this offseason was if you're a free agent to be, and, you know, I don't and, – and I originally at first I'm sitting there going, if you're an older free agent and you like your situation and they like you and they want to talk about an extension, I don't care if Scott Boris is your, is your agent or not. Um, you know, would you entertain an extension a lot more than you may have as far as reaching free agency? Because we all know that a lot of guys like to reach free agency. It's something they've earned. They want to check their worth, things like that, right? Some, some guys want to get out of their situation. That's fine too. Um. You know, it just made me start thinking in this climate, if you got a real offer, now I don't mean some bullshit low bid offer. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, and again, I'm going to say this, not the bullshit offer the Cardinals gave Albert Pujols. And I don't care if it was the right decision not to sign him for 10 years. But don't say that when the greatest player of all time, when other guys are getting this and, and you go to a guy with a five-year offer, that's a bullshit offer. Okay, because he's not just going to get a five-year offer. So that's a bullshit offer. So that's not what I'm talking about here. So. What I'm talking about here is Paul Goldschmidt, obviously, right? So my question is, and it's going to be to the panel today, because I'm asking myself this, and I would ask Paul this if he would say, yeah, I'll tell you off the record what I really think, but he'd never do that. 
And that is this. If the Cardinals gave him a realistic offer, something that is worth his value, something that that is good for both sides, right? Should he take it and run? Or do you see him not doing it? I mean, I'm just curious your thoughts. Now, I'm going to bring in uh, my good friend uh, who I enjoy doing this show with and, and always lends uh, a lot to whatever topic we talk about, and that's our man, Kyle Reese. What's happening, Kyle? Hello, sir. How are you? Well, I hope I, – I, I know you work outside, um, yeah. and I certainly hope you're not working outside today, but my, my, my druthers would tell me that you probably are a little bit. Yeah, I'm running around like an idiot. Yeah, well, <laughs> you never claim to be anything but like the rest <laughs> of us. So, um, so I, I know you just heard the question, um, I, and I think before we answer it, I, I want to. I, I think we have to define realistic offer. So I brought up the Pujols thing because I know that's a touchy subject with people, and you know I like to, to do that sort of thing. The reality of it is, when I say realistic offer, okay, I, do not like two years, uh, two years, fifty million dollars. He's not taking that. Okay, he's not doing it. That's not a realistic offer for a guy that's been one of the best hitters in baseball the last five years, right? A realistic offer, in my opinion, for him, um, he probably wants five years. The Cardinals would probably like to give him three years. My guess would be a realistic offer. I mean, what if it was four years, $100 million? Okay? So let's – let's. I, I like that as a base. Like, do you think that's a base realistic offer for him? I do. Okay. So let's use that then. For, for the sake of this argument, the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, approach him right this minute. I now, now here's the deal. No, wait a minute. I take that back. That's a bad one. I, it just hit me that that's bad. You know why? We all know that he's going to love it here. We all know what's going to happen when he drives around on opening day and he comes to his first at bat and he hits his first home run and he and he gets his first game-winning RBI. We know what's going to happen, right? We know we because we've done it, right? He doesn't. He's heard about it. But, you know, he's also the kind of guy, he strikes me, and I, I, it's just the way he strikes me. He probably wants to check it out, right? Do I really want to be here? I mean, this is probably my last a contract of any length even though it won't be of any significant length but this is probably the big one and then I might tag on another year or two to a World Series contender at the end you know you know what I'm getting at yeah so he probably wants to check it out so let's say that at any juncture during this season the St. Louis Cardinals go to him with a four-year hundred million dollar deal is he a fool to turn it down or do you think he wants to turn it down because he just wants to see what his worth is uh, I don't I don't know if it's both I like I don't know if it's either of those things when when you look back just a couple of years, uh, Jonas Cespedes, he he was he signed like a four year one hundred and ten million dollar contract at age thirty three, and I, I would expect that to be like the low end. Uh, again, I think four one hundred is a, is a good base, but I think I think he would say no to that. I'm I'm totally conflicted with all of this. I have I have many thoughts that I've been sharing it on Prospects After Dark for the last couple of weeks about this Goldschmidt thing. I think he would say no. Uh, well, well, I'll start with this question without expanding on my thoughts. I, I think he would say no, and, and I think that he would push to get every single dollar that he could, especially because it's been rumored, and he was the union rep for the Diamondbacks, but it's rumored that he has a strong position within the players' union, and usually those guys try to set a tone uh, instead of just, you know, necess- <laughs> instead of like surveying and understanding the landscape if that makes sense you know usually those are the guys who like stick to their guns and maybe even put themselves in a, a worse situation for just a, maybe even a little extra cash so that's i don't think for four 100 gets it done but i definitely think it's like a reasonable offer okay so let me let me back up let, let me follow up my question then 
based on what you've seen this year, who the hell's going to give him four, more than four years and $100 million? So that's, that's why this is fun to me. And this is what I've been talking about a lot on Prospects After Dark. I think the Cardinals are out of their minds to offer him an extension. I think that's as dumb as they can do. Uh, I think every pitching prospects are pitching uh, pitchers are a little different. Uh, pitchers are still getting like five to six years in their age to you know, 29 to 32 seasons at like 22 to 25 annually. That's still happening. It happened with Patrick Corbin earlier in the year, uh, early in the offseason. But hitters aren't getting that. And I think that if they try to extend him, even at 4100, it, I, I don't necessarily know if that's the smartest thing. I think the smartest thing is letting him go to free agency, letting him drink some of that free agent Kool-Aid, and then probably get him at a lower bid than you would have to sign him as a free agent, or at, if you, that you would have to give him, you know, a, and an extension form. I, I firmly believe that that's a realistic opportunity, and it's a gamble that you'd have to take. But, you know, the market's changed, and it, it's a gamble that I would take. Well, here's my thing. So, so this is where this is where, and again, I know you enjoy this. I do too, because there's always more to the story than just the the, the headline, right? The backstory to this is, and and I agree with you. Like, like if you were a, like I, I think if you know you're savvy and you don't and, and you and you can make some, I think that's fine. I think the problem here is, the St. Louis Cardinals are in a situation where there is no way they can lose this guy. You know what I mean? Like, they know it. There is no way he can walk. If he walks, they're in trouble. You know what I mean? They don't have a guy coming up. They don't. They don't have that guy coming up. They're, they've proven they won't go sign anybody, right? I mean, listen, oh, what did we hear for years? Oh, you just wait till 2000 after when Manny – that's all we've heard. It's freaking crickets out there. Yeah. You know? It's crickets. So – you know, you have an opportunity to go get a generational talent at a, at the right age in free agency, not the wrong age in free agency. You, you're not involved in that, as far as we know. Now, again, it, you know, I always say saying we don't know for sure, but boy, it sure appears we're not involved, right? I would love it if we were laying in the weeds. It'd be so nice to be the team laying in the weeds one time, but I don't know that that's the case. I don't know that it's even realistic to assume that could be the case, right? But it'd be cool. Like, it would be really cool if, like, you hadn't heard the Cardinals mentioned for how long realistically, and then all of a sudden at the last minute, they swoop in with a bid. And even if they don't get the guy, but if they swooped in and made a serious offer and then that prompted somebody else to up there, wouldn't that be cool? So It'd be amazing. It would be amazing. So that being said, you know, here's a guy that they didn't do – like, like Cardinal – like, it's like, you know, the, the natives are restless. And – you can even get some guys with some sanity. Like I'm borderline insane. I, I admit it. Kind of like you. Although yeah. I think you, I think you're kind of like clinically like you're good with being insane. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm borderline. And and I will even say this. While I think they should sign Machado or or Harper, I, I would like to have either one of them. I I might I flip flop all the time. The more I think about this, the more I want Manny Machado. Um, I, I say this to you. Uh, <laughs> if the Cardinals. You know, they got Andrew Miller. They got Paul Goldschmidt. They're definitely better than they were last year, I believe. No doubt about that. If they sign him to an extension, then, you know, then it's like, okay, look, we said we had payroll muscle. We went and traded for a guy. And even though this year it didn't uh, up our payroll, it's going to up our payroll in the future. So I'd be like, okay, well, then that plan came to fruition. But if you don't sign the guy, now we got a real problem. And again, you've proven that you're not going to sign, 
it's obvious you don't want to sign anybody to a long-term contract. I don't want to hear any more about Nolan Arenado. Okay, I don't like. I don't get that whole thing either. Um, people just assuming that we haven't signed this guy, we haven't signed this guy, we haven't signed this guy, but we're gonna well, now we're gonna wait till. Remember, it was Machado and Harper, and now it's Arenado. So yeah. you know, I'm off that right. The, the one the one difference about it that that I will say is it was never like leading up until Harper and Machado's. Uh, free agency. It was never the reporters who were saying Harper and Machado were a chance. It was always the fans sure. speculating and hoping. And now it seems like the the reporters are saying, "Well, the Cardinals have their eye on Arenado. They've always had their eye on Arenado." But I'm with you. There's no way they're going to sign Nolan Arenado. There's just it's just no way. I mean, he's asking for thirty million dollars in arbitration, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I like, you know. It, you, you better be ready to pay him. Now, the Cardinals could – maybe they do like him. Maybe that is their choice of all the golden boys, right? Well, the Cardinals ain't the only ones. Okay? It isn't like – see, that's my point on, like, right yeah. now, what's in front of your face right now. We like, and, and you only know what what's being reported, right? You only know what's being reported. If you're to believe what's being reported, it's basically Philadelphia for Harper or Washington – and it's Philadelphia or the White Sox for Machado. Or, or I guess the Padres. Padres. I forgot about yeah. the Padres. But my point is, you're very limited field, right? Next year, I mean, how many teams are going to be in on a Nolan Arenado, especially if the price is less than what we think it's going to be? There's only, you know, he's the only big one next year, right? Yeah, well, I, I don't have a list in front of me, so I can't say for sure. And. You would also think that some of these tanking teams, like the White Sox, especially if they don't end up with Machado or Harper, uh, that they would also be involved in it too. So and it doesn't really seem like there are going to be a lot of teams taking the tanking route that didn't tank last year. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. The, the one thing I will say, because the, the point that you're making, again, is like they need – well, not you, you've been very articulate with your point. I'm not going to restate your point. But I will say that we are in a perpetual cycle now where – we're trading for guys on one or two year contracts. So while we're not necessarily looking at who might be a free agent next year, uh, it, it's also the group of, well, sure. They might not resign Paul Goldschmidt, but who's like the next guy that they can get to fill that hole and then sell it to us as filling the hole and trying to fill a window, the Yachty window, the Matt Carpenter window. Like we're still stuck in that perpetual cycle. And to your point, the Cardinals aren't going to outbid anyone. They just they won't do it. Mr. DeWitt talked about it. When it gets into a bidding war, they're just not going to outbid anyone. Uh, Mr. Mazelak, Mr. Gersh, they've all talked about it. So it for them, you're right. It would make sense for them to to say, all right, we're going to give Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, and again, the one interesting thing with the Paul Goldschmidt is, you know, Derek Gould, all of these guys are saying like five, $150 million, which is like psychopathic to me. It sounds crazy. If like, they offered crazy. him that and he turned it down, he would be the dumbest guy yes. on earth. And I mean that. And I would, I like, I don't know him. Never met him. He he could he would look at me and go, "Get the hell out of here." I would look him right in the face and say, "You're the dumbest." Like judging by what's going on right now, you yeah. have to be the dumbest person on earth. I don't care yeah. who you are. I don't care what you. I don't care what your spot is in the union. You're a human being, and 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 you got to take care of yourself first. With what's going on out there right now, if the Cardinals offered you five years and $150 million today, but before you've stepped foot in Bush Stadium, I don't care if they boo your ass. If you turn down five years and $150 million from any, I don't care who you are right now. As a free, if Nolan Arenado turned down a five-year $150 million extension from the Rockies today, he is a fucking moron. 
Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, it, it, even look at it from the opposite perspective. And I agree with you. A 30, a guy who would be entering his age 32 season, you know, when the that contract would kick in, turning down a five year, $150 million extension would be stupid. But <clears throat> think about how stupid of a contract that would be for the Cardinals to offer him in the current marketplace. Like, it's just it's it's incredible. Everything's kind of flipped on its head. But that, all I'm, that's that's all I was kind of getting at with that yeah and that's why i use so that's why like people anytime you ask a question like this what are people going to do people are going to go oh yeah i'd offer him yeah you're right he, he'd be a fool i you know three years uh 90 million take it or leave it and i'm like okay I, that, that that's another good contract offer like that's what i could see the cardinals doing to him you know what we're going to give you three and three and 90 sign it and if i think if he turned that down he'd be a fool but um but i've tried to be realistic here and say I know what the player wants. I guarantee you he wants a five-year deal. Yeah. I mean, he probably wants a six or seven, but I'm sure, I, even in this landscape. Now, see, that's the thing. Can you, if you're an even bigger fool if you ignore the changing landscape. Yeah. Like, you can't sit here and go, well, we're going to get it back to where it was yesteryear. That's not happening. You yeah, know, because you're not getting any younger. You're not getting any younger. Analytics are here in baseball, which are, are a big part of this. So there's so many teams that aren't even going to be interested in you no matter what the price tag are because they're sitting there going, well, he plays first base, and I know he's a pretty good defensive first baseman, and boy, he can hit. But, you know, that's one of the positions that we can traditionally find a guy to play. And even though he may not be Paul Goldschmidt, he's, we're going to get some production out of there, and we, and we don't have to spend $30 million. So, I mean, that's – see, that's the logic, right? I, yeah. So – Again, that's why I try to be realistic. I would prefer to give him a three, like like if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals because I like I believe what I believe. So I'm I think they're sitting there too, going, I don't know that we can play Russian roulette with this guy, right? So let's just try to, you know, let's just let let's calm the fan base. Let's be like let's be able to be confident in our team. You know, that's mm-hmm. another thing too. Hey, he's locked up. It's done. We've got the money. It's done. You know, I, I, I could, you know, hey, you know what, Paul? Here's three years, $100 million. And again, I think if he turned that down, he'd be a fool. A fool. It's $100 million in today's game. Yeah. Which was a foregone conclusion for a guy that was one of the best hitters in the game uh, two or three years ago. You know, it is hard to imagine that Dexter Fowler got $85 million and we're balking at whether or not we should give Paul Goldschmidt 100 because well, I that's guarantee the way you, turned, man. That's three the way years, the, three years of Goldschmidt for a hundred million dollars is going to be a bargain, a bargain compared to five years of Fowler for eighty-five. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the Fowler, the Fowler comp, the Fowler, you know, they signed, they signed Fowler, and they signed Lorenzo, like Milwaukee signed Lorenzo Kane for oh. 16, 16 annually the next year, and that's clue number one about how things are changing. Because who signed this year? It was AJ Pollock for five years, sixty. Now that's an interesting contract, yes, because of the way that it's written and the player options and all that stuff. But the same type of player, and again, uh, Pollock has injury concerns, which changes it. But the same similar type of player was who can play center field. Although Kane's a good center fielder, but could play center field, but probably better off at a corner for their own health sake and blah blah blah. Just in like in a couple of years, it's gone from. 580 whatever it was what 585 to 580 to 560 and that's a big jump and that's a difference in the injury thing but like i go back to Jonas Cespedes who was 33 when he got his four year 110 million dollar contract that's the base for me 
for for Mr. Goldschmidt. He wants if he wants five years, he's going to have to take a big cut financially. And if he wants four years and he wants to maximize his his financial gain, then I mean he's just going to like that's that's the compromise. It's the years to money compromise. And like in my mind, I say Jonas Cespedes signed four years, one hundred and ten. You'll put a ten percent inflation rate on that. Four years, one hundred and twenty-one million dollars or something for Paul Goldschmidt. Like that's that's like the target for me. If that thing gets above, and again, I'm like you, I think the Cardinals, I I would imagine, again, total speculation, that the Cardinals would be honing in on three years. I don't think there's any way he takes that, even if they do like three years, one ten or something like that. I just I don't think he takes that. He's uh, a fool if he doesn't. A fool. He, he probably is. A he fool. Exactly. It, it, I, it just depends on how much that bottom line is, of course. But well, let me let me take this. Let me say this. I'm going to take that back. I don't know that he's a fool not to take a three year deal. I would I would venture to say, as good a hitter as he's. I mean, like I said, I just think we forget how good a hitter he is. I mean, I, am I wrong? I mean, last five years is he not like the second best hitter in baseball? Am I wrong about that? I wouldn't. I don't know about second best, but I will say he's definitely a top. And he's, I, w- I would venture to say, in my mind, he's a top five hitter. And if you wanted to be like conservative about it, you would say a top ten hitter. Well, like, and again, that's what I, like. If you were to ask me, like, where do you put Paul Goldschmidt? I'd say, well, he's a top five hitter in, in the game. I like, I've seen like all kinds of stuff, and I just, I don't care enough to look it up. But they seem to be uh, publications and things, and and people do this analytical research, and they they seem to be like good ones, not like like goofballs. I, I've seen stuff where he's like the number two hitter the last five years or something like that. Now, maybe not each year, but like over five. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what I saw. Here's the deal. I, okay, let's just throw that out. Let's say he's a top five hitter, which I know is probably realistic, right? If he has a good year this year, you know, I, I and, and, and a team falls short that's supposed to be good and needs a first baseman, I, I you know, if we're only talking about 100 or $125 million, not two hundred million, not seven years. You know, there is a chance that, like, uh, you know, you could see another team doing that, like a Boston. You yeah. could see a a Yankees. If you know the Yankees are doing everything they can, and if they fall short, they got to find out where it's at. Well, I can promise you, I I can already look at the the New York Yankees this year and wonder who the who the hell is going to play first base. Now I know everybody in St. Louis thinks it's going to be Luke Voigt, <laughs> but I, I can sit here and tell you they're you know they signed DJ Lemayhew and told him to bring a first baseman's man with him. Okay, yeah. so uh. You know, that's where I'm at on this. So that's a team that already that's staying out of the Harper, that's staying out of the other. Now, you know, who knows? I, you know, you, you hear them already linked to Arenado, right? Like they were wanting to trade for him or whatever. So, you know, there are other things here that I could see Goldschmidt having a little bit of a market because he's such a good hitter. But I just don't know why you'd want to take that chance because, I mean, it's, you know, he plays first base. Uh, Manny Machado. Like I know he he wants to play short. It's not his best position. He's a unbelievable third baseman, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like unbelievable third baseman with his career numbers, and you know, and 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 he can't get the deal he wants. Bryce Harper, I can't get the deal he wants. But yet you're going to go out at age, you know, you're going to be 33 that that year, and you're going to go out. Come on, not 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 a bright play by anybody involved here. And you're right. You know the Cardinals going five years, 150 wouldn't be bright on their part. But they, as dumb as an offer that would be, in my opinion, he'd be even dumber not to take it. Yeah, I agree. So, um, let, so I got to ask you to predict: Will this guy uh, sign an extension, or will he go to free agency? 
man. So <laughs> here, that's a great question, and here's where my disconnect is. I, I there's I would I would think the like the smart baseball person that like little part of me that's actually smart and a baseball person inside of me is like he's gonna go to free agency, but. I do think that Mr. DeWitt loves him some players that he can fall in love with. And Paul Goldschmidt is one of those players that he can fall in love with. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get an extension during the season and maybe shortly thereafter in November, if he signs something that's like, you know, more, more years than I would definitely give and probably at more dollars too, because Mr. DeWitt is weirdly in love and weirdly fascinated with players on his own roster yeah um there is something to be said like when uh, you know people don't want to talk about this but there's been issues like that are uncardinal like the last couple years right like you can tell they don't like that quote-unquote dysfunction they don't like the clap back you know like the tommy fam thing i don't care what anybody says that didn't sit well with them yeah. Okay. I, it just didn't. And I listen. I I like Tommy Pham on the on the field as a player, but you can't deny that. And some people think that's refreshing. It's not. It's really not. I don't like. If you think that's refreshing, you you, you never had to deal with it in a professional setting. Okay. You just didn't. There's a way to handle that. They, those guys. Like if you have real issues, like you can go in and shut the door and talk to people, and you don't have to make it an issue. Okay. If you have yeah. a real issue, like you know if. If you had a real issue with ownership and you felt like you were slider, then you you can have a real conversation with them without being ignorant, right? You can. I, whether you think you can or not, I trust these people. They run. I mean, this is a unbelievably unbelievable business, right? You can. Okay. If you feel strongly enough because you got turned down, like I don't, I, I don't, I this went over my head. But something about a a workout machine that he wanted or something. Yeah. And he, and he brought it up in the pay, like, I like. Like, why would you like, you know, you asked for it and, and they said no. Did. OK, I, I don't know that. Did you go in and did you say, hey, listen, I, I, I asked for this. It was denied through the proper channel. You know, hey, Mo or, or hey, Mr. DeWitt, I want to make my case for this. And then if they say no, then you're going to go and talk about it to the media because you didn't get your way. Right. I, yeah. Nobody in any business. I like I know this is baseball. Your business, my business, nobody is going to be like, "Oh, well, that's okay." Nobody. Yeah, you know. And again, I, it's 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 always a little different though when you're getting asked questions in the press and how you answer, you know, how you answer all that stuff too. Yeah, but you know I what you're saying, like you know yeah. what I mean, like you know what you're yeah. doing, like like let's not let's not let's not be stupid here. He knew what he was doing. A lot of guys know what they're doing. I'm not saying that Tommy Pham's the only guy in the world, right? Like like I like like I like the way he played. I like that I'm going to play hard and that chip on my shoulder. Like I love that, but I'm also not a big. Like I'm gonna air my dirty laundry out and pop. I'm just not like that, right? So, yeah. but him, the whole Dexter Fowler thing, right? All this other stuff that's going, like all the other stuff that went on. So, you're right. Like I think you're dead on. Like Paul Goldschmidt is so the opposite of that, right? Yeah. I mean, talk about a Boy Scout looking dude, right? He does. So uh, tell me that that's see that's another thing that I think they're sitting there going, this helps us in a lot of ways here. This yeah. this buys us a few. Uh, this buys us three more years to buy a player like in Latin America. This, this you know, or, or I know it's a little bit different now, but this this buys us three years to find a number three hitter, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Interesting to me, uh, obviously. 
And, you know, the, the only person in this whole equation that um, the only person in this whole equation that really knows would be, you know, the two parties involved, and that's Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals, because the Cardinals probably have a feel for what they would be willing to offer. They probably know what they'll have to offer. And then Goldschmidt knows, you know, what he would like to have, and then he's got to be looking at this going, well, I'd like to have this, but golly, based on everything I'm seeing, if they offered me this, I'd be a fool not to take it. There, there's, And see, to your point, and this is where I think you're you're dead on, I think there's something in the middle there that makes everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, unless you're going to get to it later, what's your prediction? Oh, no, I'll tell you right now, because ours is always the longest conversation. My prediction is they sign him to his extension and he takes it. But I will say this. I'm I'm so with you. Like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even think about the De- the the DeWitt thing and the way he handles people that he really likes and like yeah. wants to get in bed with. And I don't mean that to be ignorant. Um, he, you know, let's say people he wants to hang his hat on, right? Yeah, almost loyal to a fault at times with that to some degree. Um, I I agree with you. I I see that. I take all the reasons that I just laid out with you, and I think the Cardinals probably give him a, a good contract that he looks at and goes. That's a good, fair contract. I'm not going to get roasted, even though I'm in the union. I, you know, because I'm going to go, hey, listen, guys. I, I mean, that's that's a lot better than people were getting here in this yeah. marketplace. And it was a good contract for both people. Now, if it's a four year or a five year or a three year, we'll look at that contract and like the last year of the contract and go, how was that one? But again, you can't deny how good the guy has been, and every player is different. So I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to sit here and go. Well, they didn't sign Pujols, and although you know the first couple years or whatever when Pujols went to L.A., the first I guess it was the first two or three years he was still really good, not as great as he was here, but he was good, really good. And then and then it started going really downhill, the injuries taking their toll, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to do that because I think everybody's different, right? Like every player's different. It's obvious. Like Yachty defies the age thing. So for everybody that wants to say, well, you know, look at Albert Pujols, I'll go, well, look at Yachty. Yeah, and, he, and Albert was brutal. Like, he had so many injuries that he battled through. And, but, you know, his, his body and his his body ended up weighing a little heavier than maybe somebody like Paul Goldschmidt does. Yeah, so, you know, I different players. Like, you know, it was funny. Some Like, I, I use this comparison. I think you'll enjoy this. I use this comparison. Are, do, are you going to tell me, you're just looking at age, you want to compare Verlander and, and Wainwright? Yeah, no kidding. You know what I'm saying? This Verlander yeah. is getting better. Yeah, and he's got Kate Upton, so you know, and he's got Kate Upton. Well, I, I, I mean, let's let, let's be honest. And Adam Wainwright <laughs> wouldn't trade what he has for anything. But my point yeah. is, you know, you can't. People are different. Now, the interesting thing here is, people go, "Well, that's fine, Jim," because Justin Verlander was great, and while Adam Wainwright was real, was great for a little while. Verlander's had an unbelievable career. Albert Pujols was the best, and look yeah. what happened to him. So yeah, I get that as the standard. I do get that, but everybody's different, man. Everybody's different. And, and again, it's be I, interesting. You know, I, this is this this is why this is fun, right? Yeah. This is why this what, is awesome. If you had to guess, when do you think it'll happen? I, you know, I believe like the like let let's take into account the stuff that you brought up, right? The fact that he is a the, like really heavy into the union. He signed a team friendly contract, so I don't see him being in a rush and taking the first thing they offer him. I do see like there being negotiations, and I believe what I said earlier. He, I don't know him. But you know how you get a vibe from people? Yeah. I, I, I Can't you see him going, let's just make sure this is where we want to be, whether it's three years or four years, because 
I'm not going to sign another contract after this where we're going to be in a place for multiple years. After this, it's probably like, as I said, you know, hey, listen, Boston needs a first baseman. They're a World Series contender. I'm going to sign a one-year deal with there and see if we can win a World Series. Yankees, Dodgers, something like that, right? Yeah. So this is going to be the last contract I sign where I'm in a city probably for multiple years. So let's make sure we like it. Let's make sure it's everything we think it's going to be. And and I think you know sometime during the season at some juncture yeah. you know I, that's just what I believe. I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing that I really like is I love that contract that JD Martinez signed with Boston. You keep bringing up Boston and one year deals. I love the player option one year deal or you know he he signed a five years or whatever, but it's a player option after every year. Like I love that. I think it's crazy and it's nothing the Cardinals would ever do. They're just not creative enough for that you know. And I don't, I don't think they would take that kind of gamble, but like, I love that deal. I, there's something about that that just makes me, it, it like entertains me and it's, it's interesting. And man, I, I don't want love for the Cardinals to try to do something creative like that, but I don't know. I don't have the mental capacity for that. So back to you, Jim. Well, and look how it's worked out for him, right? They gambled, they gave him those options. So they signed him, right? And they said, okay, well, we could lose him. Because he could go out and re-examine the marketplace, and now the marketplace has dictated that he's not opting out of that, uh-huh. right? Yep. I mean, so people always talk about opt-outs. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why people give a shit about opt-outs. Now, now trading for a player with an opt-out is different than signing one. Because if you trade for one, that means you gave up stuff to get him. So if he yeah. opts out, what you gave up may look bad because like we gave up all this talent. And he was only here for you know a year or two. But if you yeah. sign a guy, you didn't have him anyway, and you didn't give up anything to get him other than money. Yeah. So I I, I don't understand. Like if a, like if Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, if if we put in like that's fine, I'll put it in. But I can tell you this, and I'll end with this, and and you can think about this for next week. But I can promise you this: if the way of the world right now is two year deals and 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 let's roll guys in and out every couple years, the Major League Baseball better be careful. They've all like. NFL struggling with this right now. There's no identification for fans with players anymore. At least we could get identified with players. Way back in the day, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. It's hard to hang your hat on a guy, buy a jersey, love the guy, have it. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I, you know, you don't see it much anymore, right? Yeah. Somebody asked me earlier in the week. Uh, you know, it was on Twitter. They said, "Hey, I'm going to buy a Cardinals jersey. Who, whose jersey should I buy?" And I literally like I paused. Because, I mean, other than Jack Flaherty and maybe Harrison Bader, maybe Harrison Bader, uh, and jo- like Jordan Hicks, but like those are the three who might have a long-term future in St. Louis past what they already have, maybe Paul DeYoung, but everyone else you can't bank on. And I, I would imagine the Cardinals have more than most other teams have. Oh, I agree. It's an interesting landscape. It's changed. And that's the thing. You can't deny it. I mean, like, you cannot like it. The players cannot like it. You know they don't like it. The agents definitely don't like it, right? Yeah. But it is uh, there's a thing out there called supply and demand, and it applies to every it, it it applies to everything. That's right. You know, so the demand's just not as high anymore because teams are are are. I I, I hate to say this, but the majority of them just don't care about winning. That, so. Yeah, well, not, maybe not the majority, but definitely. I don't. Definitely I, I tell you what, man, I, that'd be a great conversation. Let's look at, let's take a real hard look at all teams in the league, and let's say if we really think they 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 try to win. I'd love to do that one day. Even like, uh, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, time. we'll do it another day. Hey, tell our listeners where they can follow you. All right, you can follow me at, on Twitter. I'm K Y L E R four one six. 
Uh, I do prospects after dark every Sunday at eight o'clock. We won't be doing it this Sunday because of the big game, which is what we'll call it so that no one gets sued or whatever the hell happens. The not for long league. Yeah. The not for long leagues, big game. And uh, uh, also you can follow me at birds on the black starting on February 10th. I think we're going to start unveiling our dirty 35, the top 35 prospects in the Cardinals organization on the 10th. We'll have the four guys who graduated off the list on the 11th. I'll, I put together the 10 men out, the 10 men who haven't, who were like right outside of the dirty 35. But then I ended up writing about 33 different prospects in that article. Uh, so it ends up being like a rough rundown of like 70 prospects over 70 days or over like 30, uh, 36 days or something like that. So anyways, uh, look for that at birds on the black. We'll have those each individual ride out coming up one per day, starting on uh, the 12th of February. Fantastic. Um, Looking forward to it. Enjoy you uh, all the stuff that you do. Enjoy you being a part of this program, and uh, we'll have you next week. It'll be a lot of fun. Awesome, Jim. Thank you. You're the best. All right, that's the man, Kyle Reese. Uh, enjoy his uh, outlook. Enjoy his uh, contributions to the show. I know you guys do as well, and I always look forward to our conversations. Okay, so it's time now to turn it over to my man and everybody's favorite, Moe's Algorithm. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Adam Smokehouse. Don't forget... Uh, open till 7 o'clock now on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays for the best barbecue in St. Louis. Uh, delivering now to certain zip codes, which you guys can find out. You guys can find out um, if they're available. Um, if, you're, if you're available to be delivered to in their certain area codes, sorry about that. We had a little disruption here in the studio. Um, they also do box lunches, catering. You know, I, I know there's great, great barbecue in St. Louis, and everybody's going to say, well, what about, this, what about this place? I'll tell you, I haven't had a bad meal at, at Adam's Smokehouse, so you guys need to get over there and check it out. Uh, everybody we send always sends us pictures and, and thank you for, for, for recommending the place. So happy to be a part of their promotional team. That's Adam Smokehouse on Watson Road. Don't miss out on your cue today. Here's your cue, St. Louis. All right. So um want to welcome in Mo. What's happening? Hey, Jim. How are you doing? Good. Had a spirited conversation with Kyle. It's This is a fun topic. And uh, for for what we're discussing today, the question is, you know, would Goldschmidt, be a fool, basically, and I hate to use that term because he's a great. I don't. I don't mean it derogatory. But would he be a fool to turn down a realistic extension from the Cardinals, given the new landscape? And for our purposes, Kyle and I came up with what a, a realistic offer. And I'm not even saying it's good for either side, but we think a realistic offer is four years, hundred million dollars. And what we okay. mean, and what we mean by that is, I'm sure the Cardinals would love to give him three years. I'm sure Paul would like at least five. But given everything we've seen. For the sake of this argument, let's say it's somewhere in that four hundred million. It could be one twenty-five. It could be it could be a hundred, whatever. But in that, like that's a realistic offer. So, like for the arguments, no two-year fifty million dollar deals, no three-year seventy-five million dollar deals. Let's be realistic here, folks. He's one of the best hitters in the game in the last five years. So let's use that as a bar. If the Cardinals offered him that today, what would he do? Uh, I think he would be a fool not to take it. Um, my uh i was gonna say 390 and have some sort of mutual option for a fourth year uh to where if he outperforms that and feels like he can hit free agency one more time he's got his out uh and if the team decides you know it's just not uh, not going the way they plan they've got their out during that fourth year but yeah I, I was gonna say 390 so i think you'd definitely be kind of a fool to turn down four for a hundred uh especially when the players have no leverage anymore um i i think I think Bryce Harper is going to learn a hard lesson by not taking the Nats' first offer, right? That yeah, he probably. Report of three hundred million. So, right. uh, I think a lot of players are going to learn to, uh, in this new landscape to jump 
at the first offer or the second offer because after that the players have no leverage anymore the the owners have taken it all away they're just saying fine sit at home we just won't pay you and i think that's a horrid message to send um but it's certainly going to work out for the owners uh in the uh short term well that's a you brought up something that we kind of missed out on and that's the the an option you know would an option and and i said four years because i was just trying to meet in the middle but you brought up something that I could see being a realistic ending to this. And that being like, like I said, I think that's a great opening salvo type thing. And then maybe what gets it done is maybe it's three years and a hundred million dollars with a mutual option. So I think you're there. I think the real question at the end of the day is what's the motivation for both sides to either do it or not do it. So that's what I find interesting in this whole thing. What do you see as being the motivation for either side to get it done, whether it be today or sometime before he's a free agent? Uh, I think the motivation on Goldschmidt's side would be uh, you, he wouldn't want his stock to go down, right? Uh, so he's probably as uh, as high as he's ever going to get. He's Because he's hitting that aging curve where even if he still performs, the age is going to come up, and that's going to be a hindrance to his value uh, in the free market. Great point. So I think – I think right now is the time for him to strike if the deal is right. And I think it's the right time for the Cardinals to strike in the sense that uh, I don't know what their plans are with Azuna, but I don't think you want your three and four hitter both going into free agency in the same winter. I think that really causes some issues in terms of uh, logistics and trying to get both those deals figured out if you want both guys. Uh, you'd hate for to be working on one guy, and then you have a John Lackey situation where he, you know, he doesn't wait and he just slips us to, to another team. Um, so I think if you can get Goldschmidt done, you know, now or in April or May, and then you can kind of see how Ozuna performs with his shoulder feeling better over the next few months, uh, then you can you can either wait and know that you have Goldschmidt and, and you can use that as leverage and free agency against Ozuna, or then you can, you can move on to that Ozuna discussion and see what he would be looking at. Uh, it's less likely he's going to sign being a, a Boris client. Uh, but at least then you have, you have something in the bank and you, ha- you, you can focus on him in November as opposed to both of them hitting free agency. And then you're trying to figure out which way to go. Interesting. Um, man, that, what a great point you just brought up that we didn't even touch on. I, I do. You are right about this. I, between the two free agents that the Cardinals have, I think the interesting thing here is if they both, if Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt both had really good years, okay, what would be the narrative next offseason? It would be, well, Paul Goldschmidt's going to be 33, right? And even though he's been really, really good, the cliff is like it's coming, right? Marcelo Zuna on the flip side would be, see, see what happens when he's healthy. And he's 29, right? Yeah. And, and he's an outfielder, and he's Boris client. Man, what a great point! Because you're right, and you know the thing is something that we brought up was Paul Goldschmidt's place within the players union. Do you think that's going to figure into his decision? Like a lot of people want to assume because of his place that he's going to play hardball because he feels he has to. But at some juncture, I mean, let's face it, this is going to be his last, you know, multi-year contract probably. And when I say multi-year, if he signed a three- or four-year deal and then signed a two-year deal with somebody at the very end, I could see that happening. But, I mean, this is going to be his last three-, four-year contract. Um, do you see him saying, well, yeah, I need to I need to make sure I don't take a small deal, but this is a, a good deal, especially in this market? I, 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 that's how I look at it. 
Uh, I think uh, in that instance, he wouldn't play hardball because I don't think the Cardinals would force his hand into playing hardball. I, I think the Cardinals are different about their own players than they are about true free agents, right? I agree so, with that. That's a great point. Um, I think that they would be much more flexible and willing to come to the table with a fair uh, offer that they could agree upon with him as a Cardinal than they would in November or December with him being a free agent. Um, I think because then you get into bidding wars and you get into a lot of other activity that doesn't have to take place in April if they come to the table and say, hey, this is fair. Let's let's get a fair deal. The Cardinals aren't trying to be cheap and Goldschmidt's not trying to gouge. I think it's a much easier discussion to have with him as a Cardinal than it would be in November when you have a lot of uh, other competitors trying to drive up the price and discussions change and feelings get hurt. And so I think it's a lot easier uh, for the owner to loosen up the pocketbook a little bit when it's a, a much easier discussion to have than it is in, later on in the offseason when it, the, the discussion gets much more difficult. I, I agree. I, I think, you know, as we talk about motivating factors for why somebody would want to do it, do you look at the Cardinals as almost feeling like, barring him falling off a cliff, they almost have to re-sign him? Um, no, because there's other options again next year. Which like we, who? I mean, if if Nolan Arenado is available, come on, are you really going to say that to me? I can't believe okay. you said that. You know what I mean? Like okay. you and I are on the same boat. There's no way. If they're not signing Machado and Harper, they're not signing Arenado, right? I, I mean, I, I agree from our perspective, but from their perspective, that's not how they're looking at it, right? They're going to look at it as, you know, if this doesn't work out or if this the value gets too high on this, we have other exploratory options that we can go down next, next winter. Um, and that's where I think they were at when they, you know, I think they explored on Harper, and once they got Goldschmidt, that was over. And I think that's how they approach this business now is, you know, they're not ever in a dire need for anything and that they'll do what what comes to them. They, they kind of let the business come to them as opposed to just going out and being aggressive on certain things. I mean, if they don't make this trade for Goldschmidt and don't sign Harper or Machado, which I, I mean, are, 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 do you believe in your heart of hearts that if they couldn't have got this deal done for Goldschmidt that they would be in, in on one of these guys really deep in? Uh, no. Okay, so, okay, so you're kind of answering my, you're kind of making my point for me. If Paul Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna walk next year, what's the what's the motivating factor for them to go out and give Nolan Arenado what he's going to want? Because it's going to be the same thing. Like, if you look at next year's free agent class, I mean, Nolan Arenado is far and away above the number one free agent. It isn't like it's Machado and Harper, right? Yeah, I think also you'd have to look at, um, Let's let's turn back the clock to last January. Uh, did anyone in their right mind believe that Paul Goldschmidt would be available for trade in in the offseason? Right. No one. Re no one can honestly say, yeah, I thought that to be an option. Right. So I think the Cardinals look at the look at it from another avenue and say, we don't know what will be available in the trade market again. And, you know, we've talked about this before where you can't just keep trading every winter and expect to get anywhere. Eventually, you've got to make financial commitments to guys and keep them around. But, you know, we sit here in January of 2019 having no clue who will be available via trade come November or December of 2019. You know, it would be insane to say someone like Francisco Lindor is available via trade in the offseason right now. 
But who knows if Cleveland falls apart and things go bad and they decide to make a different turn? You don't know. And so I think that's how the Cardinals tend to play it sometimes. Yeah, that'd be an interest. Like, yeah, I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. Lindor, I think, is a different case. I mean, I think the, the help for the Cardinals here was that Goldschmidt plays first base. And I, it, it worked out for him. I, Lindor, I think, would be another animal. I yeah, just, and I'm just I'm just using him as an example of someone that no one in their right mind would think yeah. Lindor's available, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's the same case we would have last year in terms of Goldschmidt. We would all be saying that you're crazy, right? He's going to sign an extension with Arizona. That's never going to happen. He'll retire a Diamondback. Well, you know, things change, ownership changes, uh, directions change, and things things sometimes are fluid. So I agree. Uh, to, to sit here now and wonder who will be available next winter is a tough task because you never you, you really do never know see for me it's the whole first base thing and I, I meant i talked a little bit about kyle with this i it's a position that i think teams feel like they can turn over now there's no denying where paul goldschmidt's rank is as as a hitter and are they just going to bring up a guy that's going to do what paul goldschmidt does no but what they what, what, what people have to understand is they typically take these guys at the lower levels that play multiple positions that can just flat-out rake and move them to first base. And so what you typically find is a guy that comes up, and we can name all the names, and while they don't put up Paul Goldschmidt numbers, they're still like productive numbers because that's what that type of player does. So while you're not getting Paul Goldschmidt production, what you're getting is, you know, you're getting some home runs, you're getting some RBIs, Probably not getting the batting average or the OBP, obviously, that Paul Goldschmidt brings. Maybe not even the defense. But what you do get is production without a $30 million price tag. So that's why I, like, but when you talk about a Lindor, we're talking about, in my opinion, a completely different animal because it's way more than offensive production. Now you're talking about a guy that not only has offensive production but also hits at the top of the lineup with power, with speed, the whole bit. So if a guy like Lindor is available, I'm sitting here going, well, I'm sure if Lindor is available, the Cardinals would love to be in on him, but so would the Yankees. So would the, you know, you can go down the list, right? We could go up sure. and down the list. So that one makes that, that makes that one interesting for me as well. But no, you make a good point because you're right. We think about this and I look forward and I look at the free agents and it's Goldschmidt and, and, and I mean, it's, uh, it's Arenado, right? And the rest besides Goldschmidt. And again, I don't think anybody in their right mind, if, like, listen, if you, if you, if you told me, here's a great question, we'll, we'll, the follow-up to the whole thing. So if you had your choice between Arenado and Goldschmidt, who do you take? Right? You, you would, uh, you'd sign Arenado probably, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, because, uh, because of age. Right. So, so now, so, and you'd move Carpenter back to first, right? A position that, you know, and now you might even entertain an extension for Carpenter because he's back at first, right? Even though he's a little older, maybe a three-year deal, whatever. So there's a variety of dominoes that fall here. But, you know, if you weren't willing to get in on these 26-year-olds, and, and by all accounts, the price tag's not what we thought it was going to be, why, why, would, why would we be in on Arenado? That's my point, and it always has been. When Arenado's going to command more years, probably more dollars, the easy play for everybody involved here is just to sign Goldschmidt. Just leave him at but, first, lock it up. You know you got a number three hitter for the next three years, unless he falls but, off a cliff. It just seems but, easy to me. Well, hold on. Why, why, why do you just assume though that Arenado will be more money in dollars than the twenty-six-year-olds? I think the message being sent. No, no, is, no, no, is, not more, not more. Okay, I, I meant okay. more than what the Cardinals appear to be comfortable giving people. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I'm like, I think the message is pretty clear that these long term, the long term deals are just not going to happen, even for 26 year olds. Let alone, I think Arenado will be almost 30 by the time he hits free agency. I agree. So, so, so in the in that premise, if the price tag and the years are down, where are they? Like, where are the yeah. Cardinals in this discussion? Right. Sure. Like, like, why would you? You know, listen, Arenado's going to get paid. Paul Goldschmidt's going to get paid. It, the question is how many years, right, and, and what the total is. It's still going to be a significant amount of money. It's not going to be what it was a couple years ago, right? We know that. Sure. But in what world do you live in? Now, now they, they could prove us wrong. And maybe, the and, and let's face it, a new year presents new challenges. Another year not in the playoffs. Uh, uh, you know, an easy decision on either Goldschmidt or Ozuna might come into play, right? I, you know, Ozuna's awful, or, or just has another decent year, not great year. Well, that decision's easy if he wants a bunch of money, right? Or, or even yep. even any money, right? That decision becomes easy, all right? Yeah. And maybe you were like, okay, we 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 gotta, you know, that's gonna be a free agent there that you know he plays for us. We're interested in resigning him. You know, what's the what's that look like? Well, now that's gone. So hey, now we got some money, and we do have a need because that guy hit in the middle of the order. So things could change. I'm not saying they can't, but man, the track record's just not there. It seems like, and you know, I, it, it is going to be interesting. Then you got the whole work stoppage thing. I mean, how does that play into this for you and your decisions? Yeah, I, that's that's the scary thing. I think that's coming up in 2021. Uh, so they have two more off seasons of this of this nonsense that the owners are running out there. Um, but. You know, at some point, a little bit. I, I know I've harped on the owners for the past couple of weeks, but at some point, some of it does fall back on the players a little bit. Uh, you know, Harper was offered three hundred plus million by the Nationals in October and, and turned it down. So, you know, if if owners, especially owners who are trying to retain their own homegrown players, are making extraordinary efforts, and I would say offering uh, a, a Bryce Harper over three hundred million dollars as as the team that drafted him, uh, I think you're making a very fair play and, and trying to make an honest effort at retaining his talent. And if and if his agent or, or himself, you know, decides to play hardball and ends up costing himself money, well, that that does fall back on the players. So you know, some a lot of this is on the owners. They're they're choosing to take a, a route with free agency that I think is dangerous. Uh, but some of it does fall on the players, and that's where we, you know, when we talked, when we started this discussion talking about Goldschmidt, would he be a fool to turn down four for a hundred? And this is where I would, I would place some of that blame on Goldschmidt if if he turned down four one hundred from the Cardinals, went into free agency and got four eighty from Houston. You know, yeah, uh, I, that that would be his fault. You know, it's funny they they were. You know, Kyle had brought up that, you know, that, that the landscape and everything that the Cardinals, you know, he believes that the Cardinals, because of the way DeWitt is with certain players, and I do agree with him, and, and the perfect storm being, hey, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we said we were going to spend money this year. We wound up not doing it because we traded for goals, but let's just get him locked up. Let's be done with this equation. And the Cardinals come to the table with like what they think is based on everything, and they go five and 150. And I said, and, and, you know, I know all the – but I said this. If he doesn't take that, he's a fool. He'd be a fool. Oh. Absolute fool. Yeah, because I think that's overpaying in today's market. Yeah, I think it is too. Do you mind the Cardinals overpaying if it just gets done and then we don't have to worry about it? No, I don't care. Because yeah. they're not going to – because, you know, this fantasy that they're actually going to spend the money somewhere else anyway is a fantasy. 
So yeah. if they're willing to spend money on something, just let them spend the money because it's what they want. They're only going to spend the money on exactly what they want, not what we want. So it, it's uh, a fool's errand to continue to desire players that they're just not going to sign. So if, if you're okay with Goldschmidt, and, and again, I'm, I was always uh, against trading for him because I didn't think it fits uh, the overall perspective of what they were trying to do, but I'm fine with him as a Cardinal. I think he's a great player, and I'm excited to see him play. Um, so I would hate to I would hate to have another Jason Hayward situation because I would look at that as well now we wasted those assets that we sent to Arizona, you know. So right. if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, go all the way, push the gas pedal down, get the deal done, lock him up, and and you have him, and then you just deal with it, you know. You 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 understand that it'll be a Matt Holiday situation where you'll get three or four more productive years, and the fifth year or four, you know fourth or fifth year just may not be what you're what you're uh, looking for you know in terms of production uh but that happens with every player and everyone ages differently i agree great call um that's how i, I think that's how i feel too i don't care what you give him just I, I i would be fine if if he just signed and it was over with and done and you know what maybe it doesn't work out but I, i'm of I, I don't i know how like i know we're all a little bit different in how we view things i'm of the opinion I, I, let's i'd rather be aggressive and make mistakes than, than sit on our toes and make what I think are like like you can't like you couldn't get upset if you signed Goldschmidt to a four year deal in the last couple of years were awful you couldn't the guy's been great he hasn't been average you yeah. know and that that was my whole deal with the with the Dexter Fowler thing I said from the beginning that I felt like it was a reach I felt like it was a reactionary deal and it was the same thing with Brett Cecil you gave a, a an unbelievable contract to a middle reliever who was never great. If they'd have gave that contract to somebody somebody that was great and it didn't work out, like I've never one time complained about Greg Holland. Okay? You you went out and you did it and you tried and it didn't work. No problem. Yeah. But when you yeah. go out and sign a mediocre player and it wasn't and, and, and you got exactly what I, we thought you were going to get, I don't know, you know, I, I, it's like yeah, people it, that it, cheat on their spouses and then marry the person they cheated with and then they cheat. And then the guy goes, I can't believe you cheated. Well, how did we meet? Exactly, right? Yeah. You know, what do you and mean you can't believe? This is how we got together. It's the same thing here. Why, like, how, do you, how are you mad at guys for being average or below average? Yeah. That's who they are. You signed them and tried to sign them and say they were better than what they were. So yeah, that's, how I, that's how I look at it. Yeah, and you bring you know you could bring Andrew Miller into this discussion. Did I think it was the best signing? No, I, I would rather have had other players. But to your point, he's been great. I right? agree. That, so that's if, a great point. Great example. If the Cardinals say, if the Cardinals doctors say they think he's healthy, and his doctors <sighs> say he's healthy, and everything they saw looked good, they have information that we don't have access to. And he goes out and has a great year this year, and next year is just not so good because he's getting older. Well, it's exactly what you said. They signed him, one, to a pretty decent deal, and he was a great reliever. It's, it's probably been the best reliever they've had in years in terms of history, like how he's done in the past. Uh, because a lot of the Cardinals uh, relievers perform for a year or two, and then they fall apart. Um, and, and Miller's really sustained his greatness for years now. Um, so that, that does bring up a great point. You know, if you're going to take a stab at a guy and, and that's where I, I kind of, I, I do want Goldschmidt, but I'm, I'm going to be kind of, uh, uh, needy here. I, I need Ozuna too. I, I don't want to see either one of them walk because I think Ozuna has shown that 
when he's healthy, he's very dangerous and he's young. And I think that they have a core of players that they could kind of lock up and then work around it. Um, I don't think you would be, I don't think you could compare Ozuna to a Fowler situation. He's better than Fowler. We all know that. Um, and I think he, he will age decent with his hitting abilities. Now his ability in the outfield is different, but I think that they need to be aggressive with their own guys. And as we've seen in the past, I think they will. They're pretty aggressive with guys that they that are about to go into free agency that are their own players. Yeah, good call. All good stuff. All right, man, time to roll. Tell our listeners where they can follow you. Uh, on Facebook at Mo's Algorithm and on Twitter at M-O-Z underscore Algorithm. Got a great topic maybe for next week based on how this offseason's went. I'll share it with you later, but uh, we'll be doing a poll on this one to see how the, how the listeners compare to our conversation. But great stuff as always, Mo, and I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Jim. All right, that's Mo's Algorithm. Everybody loves him. Everybody... Uh, appreciates the the way he analytically looks at. Well, I'm not gonna say everybody loves him. Nobody loves everybody, but they love the the, the conversation because he's always bringing something to the table, and I enjoy it as well. I uh, really appreciate our conversations here on Bow Ties and Bullshit. All right, now let's hit the uh, third member of our panel. Is uh, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Gators Baseball Academy, located in Missouri and now Illinois. As we have the Missouri Gators and Illinois Gators up and running, and then uh, when you enter the prep program, you're in the Gators Baseball Academy. Their four-pillar system is second to none. They believe in the people uh, that they hire and, and the impact. They understand that they have on your, whether it be son or daughter, uh, if it comes to baseball or softball for the ladies. And, um, you know, it just means a lot to them. I've personally seen it with my own eyes and experienced it. Uh, I love what they're doing over there. Uh, had the opportunity to spend some time with their good friend Benji Moline over there. He's real impressed by what they're doing. Uh, the new hit track stuff they're doing, incorporating the adults in it as well, has been a lot of fun. So make sure you check them out, GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. All right, let's welcome in uh, another uh, member of our panel that everybody appreciates uh, his his wonderful takes, my friend and yours, Brendan Schaefer. What's going on, Schaefer? Hey, Jim, how are we doing today? Hey, is Schaefer okay? Am I okay? Well, it was Schaefer. No, is Schaefer okay? Like, I can't believe you don't oh. have friends that don't call you Schaefer. No, I've gotten I've gotten B Schaefer. Schaefer, yeah, I've gotten every variety, and, and Schaefer is, is one of them. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so Schaefer is good. I mean, as long as I mean, we, I, good. we could go with BS because that's really what we, we do here, but um, for, but we'll go with Schaefer. Um, so the question, you know, for the panel today, and then we're going to expand it out to our listeners with a poll, you know, and I had told Kyle this, as I, as I looked at this landscape that was going on for all, I started wondering, you know, I, I was curious if the Cardinals would try to take advantage of this and, and make an offer to Paul Goldschmidt because I kind of had that feeling of if they made a realistic offer to him, he'd be a fool not to take it. And then, you know, you started hearing things like, oh, you know, he's he's a player, you know, he's really into the union, he understands his role in the union, blah, blah, blah. So there, now there's a faction that think he's going to try to play hardball. So I've had some great conversations with both our other panel guys that have brought up some things I, I – both have thought about and things that I have not thought about. So I want to get your take initially based on where we've set the bar because I said realistic offer. So, you know, if the Cardinals offered him two years and $50 million, I would expect him to turn it down. But I think a realistic offer, and for just this conversation, we used a base of around four years and $100 million because I'm sure the Cardinals would love to give him three years. I'm sure he would like five years. So we used four years and 100 so I ask you, would he be a fool to not take an offer of four years and $100 million if they gave it to him right now? Hmm. I, I don't know. I think that's a little light because I think he, I think he can probably get five years 
um, especially if he has a, a 2019 that replicates what he's what he's done uh, the past several years. There's really not been any sign um, of a decline for for Goldschmidt. Now I know he started last year really slowly, but he came around to where uh, his numbers on the whole season were right in step with what he had done uh, his entire career, really. So I, I feel like if he puts a, another season like that together, you know, it's only going to be his age 31 season. Um, you know, I, I know that the free agents, the free agency situation is crazy right now. Um, I think we know that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are eventually going to have to sign somewhere. And so it'd be interesting to see first what those contracts end up being. Um, I know that the, the age difference will be definitely there compared to, uh, what Goldschmidt will be after the end of next season. So I, I don't know. I, I think four years is, is setting his sights a little low. I think the $25 million per season average for the AAV, I think that's about right, though. Um, now, if it gets to be a five-year or more contract, maybe it could even dip below closer to 24, 23 and a half. I don't know. Um, I don't think you're far off, but I don't, I, I, I don't think he'd be a fool to decline it. I think he, he could safely... Um, as long as he doesn't have a major decline, I think he he lands a hundred million dollar contract for sure. Um, even even if it happens in in free agency post twenty nineteen. Well, you know what was interesting, and I thought this was really good. One of the things that came up today was, you know, even if he has another good season, he's still going to be dealing with the he's another year older. And I I don't know, man. Like I I know what you're saying, but how can you in like and you might be right. I'm not even saying you're wrong. But, man, are you really sure that there's a five-year deal out there for you at 33 based on everything you've seen? You know yeah, what I mean? Does that makes sense? It, you know, it's a weird landscape right now, for sure. You look at uh, – I, I just pulled up first baseman contracts recently. And the one that, that occurred in 2016, Chris Davis, is a disaster. And we all know that. Um, but – then the other one is Eric Hosmer that happened more recently, and he even still got $144 million. Now our team's looking at those two players and those two contracts and saying, we're not giving out these kind of contracts to, to aging players in particular because it, based on what we've seen recently, it just doesn't look like it's, it's going to be worth it. But then you can look at a guy like Freddie Freeman who, uh, you know, continuing to be the kind of player, I think, of a, of a goldsmith caliber almost. And and he he ended up with 135 million. So I feel like Goldsmith is just a good enough player. Like Machado and Harper, they're having to wait. They're not going to sign for less than 100 million. They're not going to sign for less than than 200 million. I wouldn't think. And so the money is going to end up being there for these guys. Uh, I, I think Paul Goldsmith is a good enough player. Uh, he's of a different tier. That eventually that's going to be what he gets, even if it happens to be drawn out and take a while. The way it has this off season for these guys. I like both. Like I like where you went with both first basemen, but I will say this. I would say the Braves are happy with their deal with Freddie Freeman. I would say the Padres, if they could go back and have a do-over, would completely get rid of that contract. The difference is both guys sign those contracts like a lot. Going to be gonna equate to be anywhere from five to six years younger than what Paul Goldsmith is when he signs his contract. So I, that, that to me is the deal. I just don't see any way. He hits free agency and, and, and gets near like, and that's my thing. You know, like I said, this, if the Cardinals offered him five and one fifty and he didn't take it, he'd be the dumbest guy on earth. Dumbest guy on earth. Five and one fifty. You're getting, a, you're getting definitely closer. I would, I would, I would not see any reason to, 
to turn down that kind of guaranteed money, especially if you're talking about a contract uh, that doesn't begin until 2020. Like, you know, his money for 19 is, is guaranteed. It's not restructured in any way. It's just you lock that on, so you're, you're basically getting six years of, of security at that point. I, I think that would be, and I mean, the, the AAV on that would be outrageous um, as well. So, And I just wanted to mention with Freddie Freeman, I'm aware that wasn't a free agent contract he signed, but you look at what he's due the next couple of years, it's $22 million. And so yeah. I think that's a comparable number um, for, for Goldsmith's production, and, and you consider that he's going to be getting it in free agency. I know that doesn't mean maybe what it used to, but you have to figure – um, for for gosh, for a guy that's good, he's one of the top. I don't know what top five first basemen in Major League Baseball. We could come up with a list if we want, but I think he'd be on mine. Um, so it's just hard to imagine. And I've said before, I think he's going to age similarly to Joey Votto, where Votto is a little older, but he hasn't he hasn't missed a step. And so if he proves in 2019 and he continues along that path, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that take and say I think he's a graceful aging kind of guy and is still going to be productive. And so. Uh, man, if I'm the Cardinals, I think I'm willing right now to offer him a fifth year, but I would say I, I want to take a little bit off the AAV to do so. Um, but more than anything, my take is that I would wait it out and just say, let's see you how know, 2019 goes and be comfortable pivoting in a, in a variety of directions. But I understand um, the Cardinals, you know, we've seen reports that they're, they're willing to, to work on something and, and potentially get it done before the season. Yeah, I you know, all great point. And I, it's a fascinating thing to me because, you know, what I do find like fun, I, I do find it funny is here we are talking about whether or not a real, like a good offer is a hundred million dollars to give somebody that's sitting here watching what's going on. Like, I just, you know, I, I just, I, I, you've brought it up so many times. I mean, the generational talent sitting there and, as Kyle and I discussed, I, so when it comes to Bryce Harper, it, basically what we've heard is Washington or, Phil, or or Philadelphia, and and when it comes to Machado, what we've heard is the White Sox, Philadelphia, and maybe the Padres. So, I mean, these are generational talents at twenty six years old. It's it, it just I just don't see how a guy that's going to be thirty three years old turns down a four-year let, okay let's let's go with the higher AAV what if it's four years 120 million I just how do yeah. you how do you turn that down and say I'm well, gonna I, test free I agency. mean here's the thing though here's the thing we'd be saying the same thing if in two I'm gonna say two weeks from now because every week we're like they gotta sign this week right right I'm gonna say two weeks from now let's say one or both of them have signed Harper and Machado and it turns out you know Machado ends up with 210 million guaranteed Harper ends up with I, I have no idea even what to guess, but I, I should think it would be at least 300 if that's what Washington offered him earlier in the offseason. So let's just say he gets 300. That's, I mean, that's a mammoth contract even still. And because the players of this caliber are what they are, they're holding out for those numbers. They're not, you know, they're not being offered the, the, and I understand the age difference, but they're not being offered contracts below, you know, $150 million. And, and it's just like they're not, they're not taking them. They're going to get paid. It's just going to be a process to get him there. I understand the concern for Goldsmith being a little different, but I, you know, I, Goldsmith's not going to be asking for eight to ten years either. That's the thing. So I think in the end, all parties are going to get paid. But that's only because we're talking about really, really talented players here. It's ultimately, I think it's the next tier 
of guys that, that you're seeing really have to bite the bullet. Like an A.J. Pollock, the contract he signed for was guaranteed for only, I don't know if it was 50, 60 million. Those are the guys that absolutely, if they're, if they're of an A.J. Pollock ilk and they're getting offered, you know, anything close to a $200 million, that's when you might have to reevaluate and, you know, look at a guy like Lance Lynn when he said, no, I'm not going to be worried about extensions necessarily. Um, I'm going to go in and get paid for agency. Those are the kind of players that are going to get screwed and, and have already gotten screwed uh, with the, the, the kind of route free agency that's gone in the last couple of years. You know, I look at I, – I agree with you on all aspects. I just I, – I find it interesting. The It's the age, you know. I, I think – I said this to to um, to Mo because he brought up a great point. No matter what Paul Goldschmidt does this year, he's going to be another year older and another year to that. I mean, another year closer to that proverbial cliff that all these teams are obviously dealing with when it comes to their um, projections for older players. Right? I mean, it's it's insane. Like nobody can play baseball anymore after thirty, according to major league teams, or or at least they certainly don't want to bet on them. That being said, the interesting thing for us is the Cardinals have two players they're dealing with here, and I said this out loud, and it's the first time I've said it, and I'm sitting here going, I can't believe I said this, but it sounds right based on the landscape. And that is if Paul Goldschmidt had a really good year, I don't know that that, helped, that, that does one thing because everybody knows he's a good player, but he's another year older, and that's going to be a topic of discussion for him. Whereas Marcelo Zuna... Who hasn't been near the player Paul Goldschmidt has been? If he comes out this year and has a really good year, the talk with him is going to be, see what happens when he's healthy? Now he's healthy. And he's 29. You know, where he's going to get a five-year deal. You know what I mean? Does that make sense what I'm saying? It's amazing to me how that, how, that, how that discussion is viewed based on how people want to pay guys and, what the, and, when, and when they're willing to pay them. Yeah, it, and it makes sense. Here's what I'll say from a Cardinals perspective. Um, Ozuna's gone either way. doesn't matter what he does. That's the way I view it. Um, and I'll, if I'm wrong, I've, I've said it to anybody who, who asked. So if I'm wrong, I'm, I, everybody will know it now. I won't be able to hide from that. That's fine. Um, I just don't see any way he comes back regardless of what he does. Uh, Goldsmith, I almost think your argument, which, which is something I agree with that you just made, about the, the way he's going to be viewed. You say he has the exact same season as he just had another, you know, 900-whatever OPS, he, the, the age thing is going to work against him. That, I think, works in the Cardinals' benefit, Sure, which is why, like, he couldn't really raise his value. Uh, I mean, he could have an MVP season. That's possible. But, like, from the Cardinals' perspective, you kind of know what you're going to get from Goldsmith, so why guarantee him a contract now? Um, that's why I, I was curious about the, the reports that, that said the team was interested in potentially getting something done now. I don't see any reason for the Cardinals to have to panic. And it's not that they'd be panicking. He's a great player, and it'd be nice to have that security. But I almost would just say, all right, let it play out. My expectation is that he'll have a similar season. But like you said, it's not like teams are getting super burned in free agency, uh, except the Padres with Eric Cosmer. But, but Paul Goldsmith is not Eric Cosmer. And so sure. I, almost, I almost would be fine letting it, letting it kind of play out from that perspective. But I don't know. It's, I'm interested as well what the the number of years would look like because before we even started this conversation, I, I would have maybe caught myself thinking in you know pre 2017 18 free agency terms when Eric Hosmer had to to jump on the one team that would give him eight years even though he was only like 27 years old and so maybe it is kind of the, that four or five as the conversation rather than what I might have 
started out saying, well, is he going to want six? Does he want Because in the past, guys have wanted to maximize and get as many years as they can to kind of ride off into the sunset after that. But that, that number of, of where teams are willing to go for the, the final year of a contract age-wise is definitely creeping down to the point that you might not be far off to, to say you offer that four in, in 100 and, and just see what happens. I, I imagine you would turn it down, but I, I don't think you're crazy proposing it that way either, if that makes sense. Sure, it does. So let me ask you this. How much, in your opinion, does – does it play into this discussion the Cardinals and how they view Paul Goldschmidt like I thought um, you know you know one of our previous panel guys brought up a great point of you know DeWitt falls in love with certain guys and even though we might sit here and go wow that's you know he you know that guy got paid but it seems like they've been willing to do that for their own to some degree especially guys that they view as guys right so how much do you think that'll play into it? I actually thought that was a great point, and I'm sitting here going, you know, if you look at the Cardinals, I think they, like, like we think they're stupid, right? They're not. Like, we just don't like some of the things they do because, for whatever the reason, they don't always do the things we want them to do, but they're not dumb. So to sit here and think that they don't go, you know what, let's get him locked up. We don't have to worry about our number three hitter for the next however many years we sign him. I mean, we know who we got. And, and, and listen, we can debate whether he should bat second or third or fourth or whatever. My point is, he's an elite hitter, right? Like, that's, like, check. You know what I mean? Like, okay, for the next four years, three years, whatever it is, five years, you know, Mike Schilt gets to write Paul Goldschmidt down, just like Tony used to get to write Albert Pujols down every day, right? So, it's like, check, done, over, great clubhouse guy, never an issue, a Boy Scout. There's a variety of reasons why we're comfortable, Matt Holiday style, giving him yep. what we gave him. And, you know, did we maybe overpay with a year? Did we maybe overpay with an extra $5 million a year? Did we maybe do that? Maybe, based on the market. But you know what? We got our guy, and we're happy. How much of that do you think plays into the decision the Cardinals made? I think, it, I think the, the holiday comparison is a great one, and I think it plays a lot into it. But I, from, from a fan perspective, I, I say the way to view it, like what do you want to happen here? I, I would advise with this question, like how much do you trust the Cardinals front office? Because here's the scenario I'll paint. Starting 2020 season, the roster is going to look a little different. I don't think that – and we, we're going to talk a lot about that as the year goes on. I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing. But what I will say is you've got to have one guy that's getting paid, like, serious money. I'm not even going to set the, the number at $100 million. I'm going to set it at whatever the minimum of a Paul Goldsmith con, 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 pardon me, contract would be. Like, that guy's got to be on your roster at that point. Whether it's re-signing Paul Goldsmith or going to get an Arenado or whoever else you might might be out there, like, you, you've got to get that superstar, that stud, that elite three-hole hitter on your roster for 2020. There are a variety of ways you can do that. Do you want to go ahead and get that security now because you think Paul Goldsmith can be that guy? Or do you do you want to kind of let it play out and say, hey, we can either get Goldsmith for less, we want to see how he performs, we want to get to know him a little bit, and then maybe he's that guy. Or if you miss out or if Goldsmith it doesn't pan out for whatever reason and he leaves, then do you trust them to say, I don't care what the Yankees or anybody else is going to do offer Arenado, we're going to get him. Or And I don't even know if there's anyone comparable. I think Arenado's kind of the, the biggest name that you'd be looking toward. 
um, that's a, that's a risk for sure. Like everybody says, if you read the reports, Arenado, if he doesn't sign with Colorado, which looks unlikely, like the Yankees are just desperate to pay him a ton of money. And we always see these kind of reports, and so we don't know what's what's necessarily going to come to fruition. But like that's kind of the way I view this. Like one of those two guys, unless a, another Paul Goldschmidt type trade comes out of the woodwork and they pull a rabbit out of the hat to get a comparable player that I'm not thinking of, one of those two guys has got to be who you end up with. And uh, we'll we'll see how much you trust him to, to to be able to win a bidding war on a guy like Arenado who could make, you know, because he's younger, because he's going to be in the prime of the career, plays a, a, a more important defensive position at third base, I would argue. Uh, he, what's he going to get, 225, $250 million upwards of 300 Or do you say, you know what, I'm confident with what Goldschmidt can bring, and I'm okay that the, the deal he's going to get is 120 to 150 whatever million. And that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable because I don't think the Cardinals can go out or, or are willing to go out and win a bidding war for a guy that's, that's in the prime of his career going to be paid $300 million. Because that's what's happening with Harper and Machado now, right? We're seeing that the Cardinals, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't agree with their philosophy on this, they'd rather kind of go after the guy that's going to make half as much because he's five years older. And so I, seeing the way they're treating the market right now with Harper and Machado, assuming that we're not all being you know blindfolded and they're actually going to pull something off here, seeing the way that they're, they're letting this play out, I would be surprised to see them pay a player, whoever it is, you know, the $300 million it'll take to get somebody of that caliber at age 26, 27, 28. So maybe Goldschmidt is, is the right play, whether it's now or after the season. Yeah, I, you know, it'd be interesting. I, I, I brought this up, too, and this, I'll get your last thought on this before you go. I, you know, our teams, if, if you want to take this tact of, well, that didn't work out, we'll go get another guy, and we'll go get another guy on these one, like trading for guys with one year or signing two – I mean, are, are we getting a little footballish here, where you can't even like, like you can't even like a player anymore because he's not here long enough? I mean, that I don't think that's good. Like, you know, you know, hey, you know, I want to buy this guy's jersey. I want to buy this guy's. Well, he ain't here anymore. He's not here anymore. You know, the attachment to players has already dwindled, obviously, from when we were younger. I mean, can it? I mean, can they sustain it getting all the way worse, where nobody has any attachment whatsoever? I mean, I think the attachment, I see where you're going, but I think the attachment can be there. It's just, especially in the Cardinals case, a, a few guys that, you know, it, we're, we're already assuming that maybe the Goldsmith thing wouldn't work out. But the way I view that is it can work out in that he plays well for 2019 and leaves. It doesn't make it a bad trade. I understand that the, the fan perspective might be, well, I just bought this jersey. I really want him to stay. I really want him to sign him. And that makes sense. But I think overall, you still see enough players that, that are staying around that are with teams for a while. Um, now, if the collective collective bargaining agreement changes things to where six years of service time is no longer the thing, you know, after we have this, the, the impending strike and they maybe they change the way that it's done, then I think that would be a, a concern. But right now, I mean, unless the player just isn't performing, like with Dexter Fowler, he's back for his third year. But say he has another bad year. Well, it's not like the Cardinals didn't sign him. They signed him to a five-year deal, but you know if, if the guy doesn't perform at, at a major league level, not saying he won't, but if in fact he does not, then that's kind of more the reason that that things kind of fall apart. Where where players you're excited about first time when they get here, uh, they don't pan out. I think in the Cardinals' case, it's been more specific incidents that have happened that are not you you hope as a fan anyway are not going to be something that are replicated 
in the grand scheme going forward. Yeah, no, I, I with I'm with you, and and, and I look and, and again, I I think you just brought up a great point because even though it hasn't worked out, you look at Dexter Fowler, right? You look at it and say, well, you know, here was a guy it didn't work out, but they signed him to five years. But man, my point is, we seem to be even trending away from that because you know the example I use, like like with Dexter Fowler. Look at the NFL. Sam Bradford was the last like bonus baby in in football for guys that come out right like. That happened to the Cardinals. Dexter Fowler seems to be the last of the obscene contracts for a mediocre player. Like, we're just not going to do that anymore. You know what I mean? It, that, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's other examples. But it seems like since that contract, that next year when it started, we started to not see ridiculous. Now, nah, I take that back. I mean, you. although I think Hosmer was a better player than, than Fowler. But you, you, I think you see where I'm going with Man, this. That's, a, if, that's if, an if, interesting comparison. I do. I, and I throw it back to A.J. Pollard. See what a guy like him is making now. Yes, like great point. Like that was the follower of, of two years ago, and he's he's getting thirty million or whatever it is less guaranteed. I think well, that's a, a fair way to well, look at it. Is yeah, that's just not. You know, I, I'd argue Pollock is a better player than Fowler was then, but that's a, a side conversation. No, I, I listen. I think I think you're dead on there. You know what I mean? Like I think that's I I think that's a tremendous uh, deal. Here, I'll give you the real example. I had said earlier that based on what the Cardinals were going to do, right, like I, like I like what the St. Louis Cardinals may or may not do, right? Like I'm sitting here looking at it going, okay, um, I think that a good player, like if they do this, to me, I love Goldschmidt hitting third, and I'm sitting here going, but they need a number two hitter. If they put somebody to bat, the right guy to bat second, I love Carpenter, a number two hitter, Goldschmidt, Ozuna, and then you can de young, or you can go Yachty, de young, de young, yachty, whatever you decide to do. I thought, man, we're really on to something here. And when I started looking at the available guys that I thought they could get for a realistic deal because of the way the market was going, I brought up Michael Brantley. Okay, so everybody started going, well, Dexter Fowler is Michael Brantley. And I said, well, I'll disagree slightly, but that's fine. If you want to look at overall numbers and you want to say he is not a great outfielder, does this, I think he, I think he fits better in the number two hole. But as people said, he may be a little better, but not worth burying Fowler's contract and then signing that's him the to key. what he signed, yep. which was yep, fine. That's the key. And I said, you know what? That makes sense. Even though I like Brantley better than Fowler, I understand the business part of this. But what you just brought up is a perfect explanation because take a look at this. Dexter Fowler, if he is Dexter, Br- if, if Dexter Fowler is Michael Brantley, what Michael Brantley signed for? Two years, $32 million. I think the Cardinal fans would have been real happy with a three-year deal for Dexter Fowler versus a five at the time. You know, I mean, let you know what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, I think you're you're exactly you're exactly right. Whenever Dexter Fowler is being paid the next, uh, what is it now? He's got three years left, including right. this year, right? Yeah. Whatever he's being paid, if you could if you could have said we'd like to swap Michael Brantley into that contract or AJ Pollock into that contract, I don't know very many people that would be like, no, that's okay, we'll stick with. With Fowler, like it's already part of what you, you signed him. You know you've got him, and so that's why he's in your plan. And he, damn, he might still have a good season. There's, sure. there's that's definitely a possibility. I'm not trying to like be super down on Fowler. I'm only speaking in terms of what he did last year because that's our most recent sample size. Exactly. But I think I think that that you talk about those three players in in the context of the way the outfield market, especially like a corner outfielders, guys that used to be center fielders, but really they're more corner outfielders at this point in their career. I think that is a, a great trio to discuss, um, and, and certainly the, the AAV might still be there for some of those guys, but you see 
they're going to have to sacrifice one or the other. It's going to be the years or the or the AAV. No, nope, for sure. And that's the way the market's gone for those kind of players. No, you're exactly right, and that is that is the part. Uh, so you know, I think, and this is going to be interesting. You know, they basically are the same age, right? Um, uh, he signed a two-year deal, which will take him through the 2020 season. So look at Michael Brantley at 31 or Dexter Fowler at 32. Dexter Fowler's a, a, a salary basically adjust, everything the way it is is 16 million. Fowler's is 16.5. So I'll put it to anybody else. Who would you rather have? You know, now that's a now that's a apples to apples thing that could turn into apples to oranges because while they're similar in play, I think I'm talking out a specific role in the number two spot. Um, I like the fact that Brantley just doesn't strike out a lot, and I think that's going to be important to this team. So that being said, I can also understand that well, you're not going to get you're not just going to pay Fowler to go away and sign basically almost the same guy, even though he might be a little bit better. But the interesting thing for me is the contract money at the year. And, you know, Dexter Fowler, obviously, when he signed his, was a couple years younger um, than what he is now. But I think in the end what we're learning here is, and I don't know, do you ever open Pandora's box up and go back to these long-term deals with older players? Or no matter what this uh, new bargaining agreement brings, I just think we're done with that. And if we are done with that, that makes the argument for Goldschmidt to taking a contract extension, I think it makes it even even firmer. I like that we had this in-depth conversation about it, too, because now it's going to be kind of on my mind, and it, you know, it may happen within the next couple of months, or it may happen in, in, in 12 months from now that, that Goldschmidt eventually gets whatever his contract is going to be. And I'm going to be very fascinated because I think we've put some good points together. You know, I think we have a good range, perhaps, of whether it's four years 100 million going up to maybe as high as 150 160 it could even be beyond that it wouldn't surprise me because i just think he's that good of a player but you're, the point you've made absolutely in kind of the the, the past contracts for for players uh that, that that have not panned out i think all those are going to play into it um but the thing you mentioned early on with goldsmith kind of valuing and how he sees his role with the the players union i think that could actually play into it it could be interesting um, whether his whether because you got to remember too, he signed a, an extension with Arizona that was very very team friendly. Like he's only making fourteen and a half million this year. Uh, he's certainly a twenty plus million dollar player, and so how will that impact it? He's only earned thirty one million in his career to this point. That's how team friendly that deal was. So I'm I'm interested to kind of see how uh, how that might play into it too. Does does he want to wait it out to get the bigger deal, or does he recognize? If the Cardinals are offering 125, do you just take it now because of of you know what what a life changing kind of contract that is, the security that brings? It's a fascinating situation for sure because yes, he's older, but yes, he or he's going to be older, but also he is that elite. You know, you said the word the three hole hitter that the Cardinals have been missing. You know, it's funny. I think the two things you just brought up are the two things that ultimately get the deal done, and, and that is this. I think the Cardinals, although like I say all the time, I know we all think they're stupid. They're not. They know the situation, but I also think they strike me as a team that with a Paul Goldschmidt, they're not going to let another year or another over the course of the contract, another 10 or $15 million over the course of four years, whatever it is. I don't think they, they want to experiment over that. 
I think they value who he is. I think they understand the situation. And it's that for that reason that I think an extension gets done in the season. I don't think it gets done before because I think okay. I think logically, I think the guy wants to play here a little bit. I, he, I mentioned it to the other guys. He strikes me as that guy, right? Hey, let's let's be in the city. Let's play there. Let's experience it. And let's make sure, because if I'm going to be there for four years, three years, five years, whatever it is, let's just make sure that, that this is where we want to be as a family, because I think that's important to him. And you know what? If the money's right, let's just let's just get it over with. And that's how I see it playing out. I think that's fair. I was going to ask you before you offer that up, if you predict that Goldsmith will end up signing an extension before the season. And so in the season, I think that makes sense. I'm not going to even commit to that. Um it could come Matt Holiday style after the season, but I do think Goldsmith ends up uh, being a, a long-term Cardinal for more than just this 2019 season um, for, for a lot of the, the reasons uh, that we just kind of stated in this discussion. I feel like he does end up as a Cardinal for longer than one year, um, but I'm not going to commit right now to when I think that's going to happen because I wouldn't be surprised to see it go out the whole season. It could. Um, I, I would say this. If it goes out the whole season, um, I, I'm not sure – I. It, whether it was one party or the other, I'm not sure it's smart. You know, I, I don't – I guess I, some of the guys brought up earlier that I don't know the Cardinals can lose here unless he signs with somebody else. They, they could actually win by letting it ride out if the market they stays can, the they same. Can win, right. They can win by letting it ride. The only way they lose is if they – if they, what they don't see happening is if they let it ride and then somebody else outbids them, but their bid isn't even that high to begin with. Well, Which I think yeah. if, if they like Goldsmith the way we think they do – um, I, I think that's not going to end up taking place. Yeah, I agree with you because I think it's the holiday thing. And again, this is all speculation, but I think where they lose is is if they don't sign him to an extension, he has a good year, and they truly want him back, and he doesn't come back. I think and that's how back, they and they and they don't replace him adequately. Right. Like that, if the if the replacement idea is um, well, Carpenter will shift back to first, and you know we'll figure out a a whether it's Jerko or a Jerko caliber player from free agency that we sign and bring in um, for a couple of years, then that's when you lose for sure. 100%. That, that, that is how they lose in this thing. Like if, if I, like I think five years and $150 million is, is like based on the market. I think that's over the top, but I also could see the Cardinals doing it and just being done with it. If people said, do the Cardinals lose by doing it? I say no, because he's locked up. He's done. They don't have to worry about it. And they got money. So I don't care. So I, I, the, in my opinion, the only way they lose is if they let him walk because he doesn't want to be here. That's a problem. You know what I mean? That would be so. that would that would be that would be an issue that would take like three consecutive podcasts. To, yeah, to, to <laughs> and we'd all be on a couch that's too. That's where we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd all be on a couch. Well, hey, my friend, uh, tell our listeners where they can follow you. Great discussion today, by the way. Yeah, for sure. You can follow me on Twitter at bshaper12. Um, I threw up a fun thing I saw on Facebook of, uh, like, the last 30 years. It's one of those pick your dream team with a budget, so check that out. I love that. If you haven't seen love it, it yet. Love it. Um, and it's pretty good stuff. Uh, and, and on KMOB.com as well as the Baseball STL app is where you can find uh, some of my stories. Great stuff as always, my friend. Enjoy the conversation, and I'll see you next week. All right, talk to you then. All right, uh, really enjoy Brennan Schaefer and his t- and his uh, points and 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 counterpoints. It, it's a great back and forth. It's just really at the end of the day, I'm enjoying this this show, and I know you guys are too. Your your the stuff you give us back is just awesome, and I love it. Thanks for joining us this week for uh, bow ties and bullshit. Uh, Want to remind everybody to check us out at twobirdsonabat.com. Subscribe to the show there. 
Uh, real interesting things happening. I've been talking to some of the uh, – well, I'm starting to get back. Uh, we had asked for bloggers that were interested in joining the show, so we're going to start having some some great writers join our staff here at Two Birds on a Bat, and I'm excited about that. So uh, look for that. Um, probably going to take us about a month to put it together, but we want to be up and running definitely before the season. So I'm excited about that. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We love to, to be involved in discussions and thoughts out there. On Twitter, you can find us at Birds on a Bat Show. If you follow us, we're going to follow you back if you're a Cardinal fan. Hit us up on Facebook. Type in Two Birds on a Bat. Make sure you've liked our page. Click invite your friends. We'd love you to invite all your Cardinal friends. The big thing, when you see our pinned post, that'll be the, the, the latest show. Make sure you've liked it, commented on it, and shared it. That's how we make the post relevant. That's how we reach more people. That's how we get more people involved in the show. It's also how you become eligible to be thrown in a prize pool to receive some of the awesome prizes that we've been giving away. So uh, autographed items, compliments of our friends at m4byyadi.com, the great foundation uh, that the Adier Molina uh, has to, to help people all over the world, basically. So, again, special thanks to them. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Two Birds on a Bat Show, like our uh, Instagram page. Uh, happy to be part of lineupmedia.fm, home of Yo Radio. Great stuff coming up this season for Cardinal Baseball on Yo Radio. So make sure you download it on your mobile device today. Uh, it is free, but you can get it just on your mobile device. Again, that's Yo Radio. Make sure you download it. Great streaming platform. You guys are going to love it. To our partners, one last thank you. InnovativeCompanies.com, my man Randy Green. Residential, commercial, industrial, doesn't matter. He's up to 36 years experience, folks, and he's a true man of his word. That's Randy Green, InnovativeCompanies.com. Uh, don't forget our friends at Patios, the original party places. We uh, thank them for their continued support of our studios. To, uh, to our friends over at Gators Baseball Academy, the four-pillar system is second to none. Get over there today and check out their hit tracks. It's awesome. You can have some fun with it. The kids, adults, they do tournaments, leagues. All kinds of great stuff you guys can get involved in. That's GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Uh, for all of our high school players, you got about a month left. You can check out some of the academies they got going on, both in Illinois and Missouri. If you're an infielder, if you're a catcher, if you're a hitter, they got hit labs. They got infield academies. They've got catching academies. Get in there and sharpen up your game, folks. Go to GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Learn how you can join today. Uh, to my good friend Mike over at Adam Smokehouse. Uh, hoping to see you uh, tomorrow. I'm putting the final touches on that. Going to get back over there and get my barbecue on. St. Louis, I'm telling you right now, there's not better barbecue around. You may say others are good, and I appreciate that. And if you want to say they're tied for first, that's fine. But I love me some Adam Smokehouse. Watson Road, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, open until 7. Don't forget to find out if you qualify for delivery. And, of course, they've got you covered when it comes to catering or box lunches. Thank you, Mike, for your continued support. To all of our Facebook partners out there, thank you. We really, really appreciate everything you guys do for us. That's my friends at uh, the, the Cardinals Nation. Chris Lawless, love him. CN 24-7 Network, my man Gino, uh, Ron, uh, the, the whole group out there that does so much work for Cardinal Baseball behind the scenes. Those guys do it. They love it. It means a lot to them. Make sure you check them out. Uh, Mick Light, Art City Media, always, always trying to, to improve the social media experience for people that love sports in St. Louis. Make sure you check him out. Nate McHenry, RallyScroll.com, the Rally Squirrel Club. Make sure you check out uh, one of the best Facebook pages out there in RallySquirrel.com. To my girls, Vicky and Linda, over at uh, I Am a Cardinal Fan. Yes, I am. And fans of Yachty or Molina, two of our favorite Facebook groups. They do it out of sheer love, and they have so much passion for Cardinal baseball. Make sure you check them out. Cardinal Freak, STL Cardinal, St. Louis Cardinals Crew is another one of my favorites. So much talk out there, folks. If you want to get involved in it, it's there for you. For all of us here at Bowties and Bullshit, we'll see you at Bush.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.